0: Time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host William Barber. Hey, everyone! Welcome to this edition of Southern Race Week, right here on your great racing station. I am W.B., aka William Barber, and sitting high atop the boom zoom. Food Depot line is none other than Alpha 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 What are you, what's going on, brother? How you doing
1: there, William? Glad to be back with you
0: again this week
1: as we are social distancing and continuing to bring you new content every week here on the far flung Sunday Week Radio Network as we have assembled some great guests for the program this week, air uh, WB.
0: This week, uh you've got quite the got quite the lineup here, Alfie. Uh Doug Rice from PRN. Tell me what we can expect from Doug Rice this week, brother.
1: Yeah, we talked a little bit about his vintage uh, collection of vinyl records. He does a lot of collecting in that, so we kind of dipped into that a little bit and some of the records he's listening to right now while we have a little bit of break here in NASCAR. And we heard rumors that possibly NASCAR could be returning in mid-May, starting at Darlington. And then heading over to Charlotte for the 600. So we'll get his thoughts on NASCAR returning in May. And as far as him and the other uh, co-workers of in on PRN, the Performance Racing Network, their thoughts of returning back to the track to uh, start yeah. working again after a lengthy break.
0: Also this week on the Southern Race Week, uh, Alfie, we couldn't be the show that we are unless we talked to some folks that raced it on the short tracks uh, circuits as well. Of course, not a lot of racing going on right now, but I know there's one young lady, JoJo Wilkerson, who is anxiously awaiting her opportunity to get back in the car.
1: Uh, that's right, William. We have an opportunity to speak with JoJo, who's been on the program a couple of times as well, a friend of the show. She's actually going to get back in the car here early in May to do some testing and hopefully prepare herself for some upcoming events that are scheduled in May and June uh, so far. So we'll get in touch with JoJo and see and get her thoughts on getting back into the car after a a lengthy delay from the last time she raced. So we'll get her thoughts on getting back in the car here uh, early in May as well, William. So it's going to be fun to talk to her and hear what she has to say about that.
0: Well, you know, there's a lot uh, lot of NASCAR news that's coming up that's even when there's not necessarily a NASCAR racing series on the track, but this past weekend, I had a chance to check out some of the, uh, I believe it was Daytona uh, racing, and I uh, and also saw some open-wheel uh, eRacing, if you will. What, what's your thoughts on that, man? Have you had a chance to, to watch some of that up close?
1: Yeah, yeah. I saw some of the World of Outlaws they did earlier this week at Eldora. Um, so it was exciting to watch. I mean, obviously, it's not the real thing. It's not the real cars, but I guess it's the closest thing we're going to get. To watching a NASCAR events and short track events, so it's been it's been fun to watch over the last few weeks. But I'm not going to lie to you and say I'm not excited to see some racing here in the NASCAR series. Hopefully, begin in a mid-May, so very excited about that.
0: Uh, and one of the one of the things that's going on in the NASCAR circuit is the fact that uh, there's some familiar names that uh, you talked with Alan Carvana about uh, coming back to the NASCAR circuit. Um, right.
1: and
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, Alan Kavana
1: of NASCAR on Fox, nice enough to drop by as well. Big names returning to the series. Ryan Newman has been medically cleared, and he'll be returning as soon as the series kicks back up. So very excited about that. And then also uh, Chip Canassi Racing found someone to replace and take over the number 42 ride. And Matt Kenseth will be making a return in racing for Chip Canassi Racing. Uh, when the season kicks back up, and they both have cleared waivers, and they'll be able to participate in the playoffs if either either of them get a win or get in by points. So, uh, William, before we take a break here, what are your thoughts on seeing uh, Matt Kenseth returning to the uh, Cup Series, and then also Ryan Newman as well medically cleared after that tragic wreck in Daytona? Uh, able to just miss a couple of races and we'll be able to race the rest of the season. What are your thoughts on those two guys coming back?
0: Hey, Ryan Newman coming back into the into the program is anything but uh, great news. Ryan is a death uh, is is one of the guys that made it very clear uh, that that we needed to do something to improve the safety of the drivers and the cars, and it's very uh, clear that that those things that he – you know, because Ryan is an engineer by by trade. I mean, that's what he went to college for. So, he he was very successful as, as a testament to his being able to survive that horrific crash. To be able to come back and jump in the car, that's going to be awesome to see. And Matt Kenseth, man, I'm telling you, that guy, he can drive the wheels off of anything. It's going to be great to see and hear – a name that if you are from the nineties era of racing, nineties and early two thousands of racing, when he got involved in it, it's gonna be great to hear his name and see him back on the track.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited to see him and good for him to get into a great ride. I mean, the 42 car and being back by Chip Ganassi Racing, you couldn't look for a better situation and for a and 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 tapping him as a veteran, I think it's a great PR move that Alan will discuss as well with us. Um, a great PR move for that whole situation uh, with the 42, William. So it should be an exciting show. Uh, we're we'll, uh, we're gonna take a take a break here. Don't forget about the podcast as well, and follow us on the social media, William. So where all the handles they can go to follow us on the social media world.
0: They can find us on WB Radio Network. Uh, they can find you at Alfie underscore 19 on Twitter. They can find us at SRW Radio on Twitter. Or they can find us on SoundCloud, search Southern Race Week. They can go to Facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. And they also can find us on iTunes. Uh, or Spotify and listen to the show.
2: This is Kim Kuhn from MRN and you're listening to Southern Race Week.
1: Alright, welcome back to this brand new edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie here uh, driving the show as William has uh, stepped out here momentarily to take care of some business but we have a special guest that's joining us here on the Food Depot Zoom line as we're calling it now and uh, we head on over there and welcome in. You hear him on PRN Radio. He's also the co-host of Fast Talk, which is uh, aired every Monday. You can check uh, goprn.com or the podcast version of that program as well. And let's welcome in the main man in charge, the head announcer for the Performance Racing Network. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Doug Rice.
3: Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm uh, doing this from my man cave where it seems like I've moved into almost permanently these days.
1: Well, let me tell you something. If, if you're a fan of the show and you listen to Doug's many appearances on the Far Flung Summer Radio Network, you know he's a big collector of vinyl records. And the cool thing about seeing you is one of my favorite records. In fact, it looks like you have two copies of uh, Pink Floyd albums there behind you. Uh, Dark Side of the Moon, it looks like. Um, so I'm very happy to be able to see your extensive vinyl collection that I can see so far here, and you're kind of moving around. I see some other great uh, vinyls there. I see the Beatles. Oh, Boston, which I'm doing one of those little 10-day challenges where people are asking me to put up vinyl covers of my favorite albums that influenced me, and that debut Boston album is definitely the one that got me into the love of classic rock and all of that, so uh, very awesome to see your – extensive collection, and also I see Tom Petty in the Heartbreakers. I'm, I'm getting distracted by all the vinyls that are on. That. <laughs> I know I, I, be-
3: I have very few regrets about concerts. I didn't get to see Tom Petty, and that, that, that's all that bugged me because I
1: really like his stuff. Oh, I got honored to see him twice at the Lakewood Amphitheater here in Atlanta. So it's it probably, besides seeing uh, Roger Waters perform The Wall, that's the, the second best concert I've ever been to in my illustrious 42 year uh, history. So uh, I guess before we talk NASCAR, let's talk a little bit about your vinyl collection because obviously with some downtime here, you got some time to do some collecting, listen to some vinyls, listen to some music while you have some downtime. So uh, any new additions to the uh, vinyl collection that you want to brag about here? Uh,
3: no, but uh, I have each day I try to listen to a couple of different albums and sometimes it's things that I don't normally listen to that much. I dug up an old uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates album called War Babies, which is really interesting. And then the original super group, Blind Faith, Eric Clapton, Steve Winwood, Ginger Baker, Rick Grech. listened to those two yesterday. And um, music sounds different when it's played off of a record. I don't care what people say. It's, I, I think it's more warm and telling than what comes off of a CD or a file.
1: Let me ask you, what do you remember your first vinyl record you ever purchased?
3: I think the first one I ever bought was Credence Clearwater Revival, Cosmos Factory. It's where the guys are out front and on the front of the album and one of them's on a bicycle. And I think that might have been the first one I bought. One that I listened to a lot because I did that 10 album challenge recently and listed my 10 influential albums. My sister had uh, Neil Diamond's Hot August Night Live album. And I know a lot of people think of Neil Diamond jazz singer kind of smaltzy. But back in his day, the guy was a rocker. And that album, I listened to that over and over and over again. And then things progressed. Some that were on my list were... Electric Light Orchestra, El Dorado, just just a phenomenal album. Uh, The Album Brothers Live at Fillmore, uh, another terrific record that I can't can't listen to that album too many times. The newest album on there is Tadashi Trucks, their Revelator album, which is just phenomenal. If you're not familiar with them, if you've got some
1: extra time, you might want to give them a listen. Maybe we should start doing record reviews now. Like have you on just do some record reviews. Sounds like you're I would I would I would be all about that as long as you know it's it's in the classic vein. I'd i I'd, I'd be up for that. Oh, don't don't worry about it. If I mean when I think of vinyl records, I think of classics. It's hard for me to buy new music on vinyl. I don't know what it is about that, but it's like if I'm buying a vinyl record, it's gotta be a classic album. It just seems wrong for me to wanna go to the store and buy some new artist on vinyl. It just doesn't seem It doesn't seem right to me.
3: The only new artists that I'm buying, well, one is Tedeschi Trucks that we talked about, and the other is a group that's a local band, uh, the Avit Brothers, who have, you know, done really well, and they've won Grammys, and they sold a boatload without any commercial radio hits, and they're from uh, Cabarrus County, where Charlotte Motor Speedway is located.
1: Have they ever been out there to perform at Charlotte Motor Speedway? Uh, I think they have
3: performed at the... uh, banquet the speedway children's charities banquet a couple of times because they're good friends with marcus smith but they they play red rocks and i mean they sell out big places and the the amazing part of their story is they've never really had a radio hit they've done this all
1: by word of mouth and uh have sort of grown organically which is a cool story i think bands that do it that way are just much more enjoyable to listen to for some reason than those that do have the commercial hits and the big kind of notoriety because here in Atlanta obviously a big musical city we have a lot of those bands that do really well locally um, and I kind of enjoy those bands better than the you know the big name bands just because they're much more intimate you see them in venues that are a little bit more intimate and they're much more willing to be just like NASCAR drivers more willing to just you know talk to the fans you know get to know these people one-on-one and it's such a great experience when you go to a concert like that.
3: You know, it's a shame because of the COVID outbreak. Uh, One of the biggest musical festivals on the East Coast got canceled this year. It's an event up in the town of North Wilkesboro, right near where this remains of the Speedway are located. It's called Merle Fest. It's named after Merle Watson of Doc uh, Watson fame. And it's a four-day show, draws about 100,000 people, and it's real eclectic. It can be a rock band and then bluegrass and then pure country uh it's it leans more to the countryside and we love going up there and of course it didn't it didn't get postponed it got canceled for this year and as well as a lot of other
1: things but that's a great music festival speaking with doug rice here the performance racing network on sun street radio as we make the transition from music to nascar of mr rice and nascar recently announced that it's possible we can get back to racing here in mid-May uh, without fans, obviously, because of what's going on. But um, looking to get into some tracks, uh, I guess it's just going to depend on state by state because just of the restrictions the some, some states are having. What is some of the scuttlebutt that you're hearing as far as what NASCAR's plans are going to be? Because obviously you're an insider. You get much much of these scoops going on. So, what are your thoughts on what NASCAR's plans are going to be, and how do you think you guys will handle it as far as on the radio side?
3: Well, I, I've talked with a lot of different people, and I've also kind of been a sponge for everything that that everybody's writing. So, Bob Pocaris or Nate Ryan or one of these these writers that I really have a lot of faith in pins something or somebody like Jenna Fryer. I'm I'm glued to that because they have really good conduits too. Uh, I think, and this is all speculative. I don't have any, any back channel that's given me the straight information, but I'm thinking that NASCAR will try to come back and race at Darlington on May the 17th. Uh, not, not replacing the Southern 500, but probably replacing an event at another NASCAR Speedway. Hopefully, if they can get all the parts and pieces worked out, then they would come and race at Charlotte and run the Coca-Cola 600 on May 24th. Both of those races held without any fans in attendance, which is harder than you think to pull off. It's also harder, too, to have to minimize the number of people that will be there. I think the crews will be smaller. Uh, everything about this is going to be bare bones. But we will have cars on the racetrack making left-hand turns, hopefully. That's, that's all speculative right now. But it's starting to feel more and more like we're, we're starting to talk more seriously about getting back to work. A big thing that has to happen though, all these teams are in North Carolina. They're based in North Carolina. With the stay at home order, they were deemed non-essential. So they will have to get the permission to basically go back to work to get ready. And we'll see how all that works out. I mean, I, I tell you, I would hate to be a state governor right now. I think they've got the hardest job in the world trying to decide to reopen the country and also be safe at the same time. I don't envy them that decision.
1: Now, the last few weeks, we've had iRacing to kind of keep us distracted. And even though it's not the real thing, it's kind of close to the most real thing you can uh, have, at least as a sporting event where you don't know the outcome of it as you watch replays of other sports and and old NASCAR races. So um, as an observer and as a journalist, broadcaster in NASCAR, what are your thoughts that you take away from the iRacing? Because I've noticed online a lot of the writers are trying to make it as it's real, but now are kind of not getting frustrated, but, you know, it's hard for them to report on a video game time simulation. So what are your thoughts?
3: You know, I like it. Uh, it's, it's the only appointment television I have right now. It's 1 o'clock on Sunday. I'm going to go watch the iRace. Uh, it does utilize the skill set of our drivers, so that's good, uh, and, and it mimics what they do in real life pretty accurately, but after a point, it's like, okay, this was fun, but man, we, we need the real deal, uh, and also, I think one of the things is that the truth, it was, it was fun to see Timmy Hill win, yay, Timmy, uh, and William Byron win one time, but People are watching this not because Timmy Hill's racing and really not because William Byron's racing. They're watching it because Denny Hamlin's out there and Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Brad Keselowski and Kyle Busch, and they they want to see their heroes run up front. And right now, they simply can't compete with Garrett Smithley and Timmy Hill and William Byron, who have spent hundreds, if not thousands of hours on a sim unit.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. It, it seems that they struggled. Obviously, with the few last few weeks, they've been able to practice and improve a little bit. You've seen the kind of uh, races that have gone on over the last few weeks, as far as their ability to, you know, adjust and and you know and try their best to do this. Now, you're continuing to do Fast Talk. So, tell our listeners a little bit about Fast Talk and how they can get that uh, get that show to them to listen to.
3: Well, you can hear that at goprn.com, or if you have the PRN app. Just open that up and look for it. And we've changed the format a little bit. Uh, Myself, Brad Gilley, and Alexis Erickson uh, all go into the studio. We stay six feet apart. We wipe everything down. We have one other person there to record the audio. People have been very gracious about being guests. NASCAR has done a good job of giving us the iRace winner every week. And plus, we have other folks. We're not using our normal celebrity co host of Kyle Petty, Jeff Hammond and Hermie Sadler, because we're trying to minimize the number of people in studio and, and that's it's worked out really well. And uh, we have another show called The Pit Reporters hosted by Brett McMillan. We record that on the same day too and Brett's uh, a big part of his own show. So it's taken a little bit of ingenuity, but so far it's worked out really well and uh, I actually feel like the shows that we've done during quarantine might be some of the best that we've done in a while because guests are so available nobody's off
1: doing anything very true very true well uh mr rice if our listeners want to keep up with you socially on the on social media sites where they can go to keep up with you and follow along with what's going on with the world of nascar and also you've got some great tweets you put up some great content as well so it's always fun to, to follow you on on uh on twitter especially right now where it seems like you have a little bit more time to tweet out some stuff um
3: yeah, it's, it's it's I have a lot of fun with Twitter and I try not to be too serious. I got a like from Mark Hamill. Uh Luke nice. Skywalker liked a tweet of mine. He actually put up this tweet, uh it's very clever. It's uh it's to the tune of Saturday Night Fever, but yet it's it's characters from the different Star Wars movies saying the actual words to the song. Somebody spent a lot of time putting this together. Hamill put it out and then I retweeted it with, this might be the best thing on the internet. And he came back and liked it. So that was pretty cool. Wow. But I'm on Twitter at riceman 61. I'm also on uh, Instagram, Doug underscore rice. You you can find me pretty easy there. Uh, The Instagram tends to be all over the place. Twitter is mostly about racing. Occasionally I'll go into other things. And like everybody else, I think everybody's been a little more introspective these days because they have so much time on their hands.
1: Very true, very true. Well, Mr. Rice, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Keep hunkered down, and hopefully we'll hear the sweet tones of your voice along the PRN
0: network of stations that carry NASCAR.
3: Can't wait to, to get back at it.
0: Thanks for having me on. Hi, this is Winston Kelly, the Executive Director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and pit reporter for the Motor Racing Network, and you're listening to Southern Race Week.
1: All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie, bringing you yet another brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, our social distancing episodes. And we are lucky to welcome onto the Food Depot Zoom line, as we're calling it now, as a we're checking in in Hueytown, Alabama, one of our favorite short track drivers that we love to have on the program. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mrs. or Miss, actually. Not Mrs. You're not married yet. You're way too Miss <laughs> <Ms>. JoJo Wilkinson. <laughs> hey, JoJo, how's it doing? Welcome to uh, another appearance for you on Sunway Street Radio. I think this is like your third. Maybe second or third time on the show, so now you've becoming a, a friend of the show now. Thanks so much for taking time to uh, join us this week.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me.
1: Right off the bat, with this whole COVID-19 situation, how are you dealing with the present-day world the way it is and not being able to go out to the tracks every week to uh, race?
2: Well, we've been mostly just surrounding ourselves with our close friends that we've been around the whole time or... Uh, family members just hanging out, having that good family time that we don't normally get to have because we're always gone and out of town every single weekend. So we've just been keeping busy with our friends and family.
1: Now you've been out of the car for quite some time. You told me you told me you're going to be doing some testing here in the next uh, few days or so, in, in the beginning of May, to get back in the swing of things. So having this much time out of your car, do you think it's going to be a bit of an adjustment to get? back into the swing of things or is it just like how people say it's just like riding a bike
2: um I think it's just like riding a bike like whenever I was in that really bad wreck the first time I got back in the car a brand new car actually it was kind of sketchy at first but after my first practice it was like I knew exactly what I was doing again so I think it'll be real easy just getting back in because once you've been doing it so long it just comes like a routine to you
1: now spending time with your family and like you're saying having like kind of a forced vacation because you can't go out everything's been postponed has it given you a little bit better perspective of just having some time to kind of maybe slow down a little bit even i mean you are extremely extremely young and you are in such a high profile mm-hmm. your name has been really blowing up here over the last few months in speed 51 and this tv report and this article on this website So for you, to kind of have some time to kind of slow down a little bit. Do you think it will benefit you a little bit to have this kind of time to decompress a little bit?
2: Um, I think it will in certain ways because we've been able to talk to a few people, talk to a few people. I mean like maybe get my name out there a little bit and message just people that we know that has a good pocketbook to help us and know that they'll support me. So we've been trying to reach out to, a couple people because we are a low budget race team and we try everything we can just to make sure that we can go race that weekend and run the best we can so it definitely has been benefiting us a little bit
1: uh speaking with jojo wilkinson here on sunday street radio on the far flung sunday street radio network as you mentioned as a small team you really rely on your sponsors to help you out to get you to these events week for week so real quickly i want to give you an opportunity to. recognize those great sponsors right now that are currently helping you in your pursuit of your dreams to move on to the next level
2: the main sponsor that I want to look out and reach to is Automart South he's been with me for a while now and it doesn't matter what we need or he'll call dad every few days and be like hey do you need something or what can I give you this time and um he definitely helps out a lot uh his name's Jim Hardy he's in the car business, and so is my dad. So they get along great, and he's helped me for a little while now. And I also wanna thank Lawson State Community College, because they recently came on board, I think last year, and they've helped me tremendously, and um, I couldn't do it without them, and Augie Grill with Grand American Race Cars, and Instacote Premium Products, and just little sponsors like that. Or We definitely couldn't do it without them, because we are a low budget race team and it's only me and dad. We don't have much family down here because they all live up in Michigan. So it's mainly just me and my dad and close friends and family. But If it wasn't for my sponsors, I wouldn't be able to go to the racetrack every weekend, for sure.
1: And your name has really been pumped out here lately. You were just recently won the Speed 51 2020 Short uh, short Track Van Voting. In fact, Jake Garcia, who is the runner-up, has also been on the program once before, and he's a a really talented young man, so that's a a big deal to um, be involved in. And also, we were just talking about this before we went on the air here, that you were also – from speed 51 their top 10 female short track drivers and there's some big names in that list you got uh, Haley Deegan and and then Gracie Trotter and and Karsten Eldridge among others so these recognitions you've been getting lately from uh, speed 51 how does it feel for you to be recognized and and in names with such great talent like those ladies are in that top 10 list you are involved in
2: it means a lot to me because like I said we don't have the the biggest pocketbook like they do and we don't have the biggest sponsors like they do and getting my name out there under Haley Deegan's name and under Brooke Storer and Gracie Trotter just being with them just shows that um, a little girl from Hughtown Alabama that's 16 years old can do it just as good as them and Just trying to get my name out there, like, it just means so much to me because I do want to go top notch. Like, I want to drive NASCAR whenever I get older. Like, that's all I've seen since I was a little girl, like, maybe, like, five years old. So, with my name, being beside their name just means a lot because they do have rides and they have people that look at that. So, just people looking at that just means a lot to me
1: and like you said now this generation have so many more female drivers to look up to in previous generations that was never the case so as a young female driver what kind of inspirations it give you to have these little girls who come up to you after the races want your autograph maybe want a picture with you maybe just want to get some advice
2: don't let nobody bring you down and be negative cuz there are negative people in the world and they don't want to see girls drive nascar they don't they think it's an all guys sport so whenever a little girl comes up to me I, I tell her or tell them I'm like just follow your dreams and if you want to race get into it and you always have to be positive over the negative people because I grew up with negative people all through my life family members even so um, I just tell them that Follow your dreams and don't let
1: nobody bring you down now jojo of our listeners want to follow keep up with what's going on with you your schedule of events coming up social media where can they go to keep up with you or even maybe maybe someone who's listening to this might be wants to sponsor you how can they get a hold of you for that kind of information
2: um, mainly our Facebook page because my dad and Alyssa, my sister, and I run that. So um, we're more likely to answer on that. Um, it's called jolin JoJo Wilkinson, driver number 11. So that would probably be the easiest way to message me and look into getting a sponsor.
1: Well, JoJo, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio, and we're hoping you guys keep hunkered down and safe and can't wait to see you back out there on the uh, track dominating all those uh, guys out there and smoking them every week. Thank you.
0: This is Larry McReynolds of NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race Week.
1: All right. Welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie bringing you yet again another brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you. And we have a lot to talk about in the world of NASCAR. A lot of news popping up here over the last week. So we wanted to get our NASCAR insider, one of the great men on you'll see on Fox on NASCAR coverage. You see him on the Race Hub as well. And we got a lot of talk to So let's go into the Food Depot Zoom line. And welcome from coverage on NASCAR on Fox, Mr. Alan Kavanaugh. Mr. Kavanaugh, I know normally we are, we're always confusing. You've been on my wrestling podcast. yeah, Now here on Southern Race Week a few times. So we're going to... St- this time, we're just going to stick to NASCAR, obviously, but let's start off with a big story. Ryan Newman, medically cleared to come back. He said he's ready to go once we get back into racing. So uh, your thoughts on Newman being medically cleared and ready to get back into the car and, and get back out there on the track?
4: Yeah, it's, it's just amazing, right? I mean, thinking of what we saw in Daytona and what could have been, and, and from really, I mean, just a few hours later, remember, it was about not even, I think, 40, less than 48 hours. He walked out. Of the hospital, that was a miracle in itself. And now to hear his progression, to know he's been in a race car because he had to do a test at Darlington just to get clear to make sure that you know he could do it. And NASCAR through that was able to clear him, uh, you know, for for the racing aspect of it medically. He has been cleared. And it's just great news. It's something we kind of need, and it's been really uh, hopeful in this odd time that we're living in right now, really, with no racing. To know that Ryan Newman will be back in the car, it's just an awesome story. And ultimately, he'll miss uh, three races and can can get back on the horse, if you will, and be back behind the, the, the wheel of the six car.
1: Now, NASCAR announced that its plans are to try to get back into racing here in about mid-May so what are your thoughts on NASCAR returning in a couple of weeks in the middle of May? Do you think that's going to happen? Do you think they might push back? What are your thoughts and what have you heard?
4: It's so hard to say because we've never been through this before, right? I mean, none of us have ever been through something like this. So to put an event together and say, let's get the right level of safety, uh, you know, a lot of research has to go into that as into what is the, the, the perfect level of safety, right? Because we've never been through this. In terms of, should we limit the number of crews? Should there be no pit crews? How do you keep people six feet apart? If they can figure all that out and keep people safe, uh, I think absolutely, let's do it. I mean, certainly there won't be any fans there, but there will be a great television product on Fox, I assure you. And when they do get back, they don't want to release too many schedules because it can change. And so you know, just putting too much out there, it, it just opens you up to, to criticism. But you know, there are tentative plans out there that when we do get back racing, I mean, we could have five races. In two weeks, which is amazing, right? I mean, when we get back going, there's going to be so much racing. But there's a there's a big responsibility there to do it safe. There are so many people that will be involved uh, from the NASCAR end, from the broadcasting end, the, the team end, that you have to keep everyone safe because one person sick, it could it could set us back a whole, you know, another two, three months, and that's the last thing we want. So the research has to be done. Everyone has to say it's okay. But, you know, as long as everyone's comfortable with what they come up with, I think they can get cars on the track. And mid-May sounds awesome. I hope, it, uh, I hope they pull it off and we're all there, either there or watching, because it'll, be it'll be a cool product.
1: Speaking with Al Cavana here on the Southern Race Week Radio, and we've all been kind of clustered in our homes, hunkered down for the last few weeks as a broadcaster, as someone that's used to being on the road during this time of the year. How anxious are you to kind of get back in the swing of things and get out to the track, or are you still kind of apprehensive about what's going on?
4: Well, we should all be, you know, be apprehensive about our health and wonder just and take precautions while we're out there. But certainly, you want to get back to whatever normal will be or is. I mean, especially in racing, right? I mean, we are nomads. Uh, The uh, it's 38 weekends a year that these teams are out there. Uh, Last year I did more traveling than I ever have. I went to 23. I did every single truck race and then hit some other races as well So that is normal life for people in this sport. And so to be cooped up is completely different Uh, I've been fortunate to spend a lot of time with my wife and family, which is awesome Uh, You know, I certainly won't complain about that But uh, I think we all just want that sense of normalcy back and normal for people in racing is to be traveling a lot And that brings its own precautions, right? Being close with people, being on planes, uh, being around thousands, tens of thousands of fans, that may not be there, but little, little steps toward normal will be back. And, you know, we, we could all use that in our lives. I, I could use a haircut, right? I would really <laughs> like a haircut. I mean, I love my hair. <laughs> but uh,
1: The hair still looks great. So that's the that's important thing, Kyle. <laughs> it's trying still to maintain.
4: Good.
1: Now, I think the biggest news, and maybe the, sh- the biggest shocking news of the week, and I don't know, maybe you're not as shocked, maybe you're a little surprised. Matt Kenseth tapped to drive in the number 42, or Chip Ganassi. So hearing that news, how shocked were you to see the Kenseth is going to come back and, and race another year.
4: Yeah, I was really shocked. I mean, that is not one name that you, you just thought of, you know, coming out of this whole uh, incident with having to fill the need over at the 42 car. Um, it's a little crazy. I mean, even Matt Kenseth himself said, you know, in his sarcastic tone that he wasn't even thinking about racing two weeks ago, and now all of a sudden he's in, he's in a pretty good ride. Uh, I think it's a really good, safe option. Uh, Chip Ganassi said that himself in terms of pleasing the sponsors, right? I mean, there's no baggage with Matt Kenseth. got a great resume. He's not the type of driver that's going to go out and wreck cars. Uh, he's been teammates with Kurt Busch, the other Chip Ganassi racing driver. All those are positives. And if the sponsor signs off, that's what really matters. Performance-wise, look, Matt Kenseth has been out of the car for nearly two years He's 48 years old. Like any sport, any athlete, you know, at at the other end of the aging curve, I mean, the performance, you're not expecting 2003 champion Matt Kenseth to be behind the wheel. But like I said, he will deliver. I think he will finish races and be consistent and that's what they need over there at Chip Ganassi Racing right now. Be playoff eligible to chase a title and see how far that can go. Um, It'll be an uphill battle, but if you get a win, you're in the playoffs, so who knows what could happen.
1: Do you think Chip Ganassi made this a decision, like you said, to benefit the sponsors, to have someone come on who could probably help turn that 42 team around as far as just say, hey, we're going to get a driver on here who's professional, and maybe not going with someone who might have been a little bit, maybe younger, like a Ross Chastain or something like that. What, what Do you think that might have been the decision-making process for him and, and getting someone who was a veteran and maybe not someone who's maybe, you know, maybe not a rookie per se, but maybe a little more experienced and has more uh, um, maturity?
4: Yeah, and look, and my, my, my buddy David Smith said they, they needed a win, right? They needed a PR victory for this right now. And getting Matt Kenseth a champion uh, with a great resume, uh, no baggage, that's a PR victory right there. And pleasing the sponsor is everything, right? You want to keep that money there. And there's so many, I mean, there's, it's so easy for a sponsor to say no. That you, I mean, there's so many different little things uh, that they could say. You just want to make them say yes, right? And so what do you do? You have Matt Kenseth, great resume, great record in the sport. Whereas if you looked at maybe a, a younger driver, they, they don't have the experience. So that, that could, a sponsor could say, well, 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 we don't really want that right now. But you get Matt Kenseth, you get him for the year. Then you start planning ahead. Uh, I think it checked all the boxes, and that that's a good thing, and that's what Chip Ganassi Racing needed right now.
1: Now, Alan, if our listeners want to follow with what's going on with you, the world of NASCAR, everything like that, uh, where can they go to get all the latest NASCAR info that you can provide for them?
4: Yeah, man. Safe to say I've had a lot of time on my hands. so I, I'm on Twitter a lot. <laughs> um, you can check out at Alan Kavana uh, on Twitter and uh, you know Facebook and Instagram, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm always talking with people and love talking racing. We need it right now. We need to talk about something. Race Hub is on. I've been doing a few of those. That's still on Monday through Thursday, uh, six. p.m. on fs1 so we still got racing to talk about So we're trying to bring at least that much normal as possible
1: well alan thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on southern race week radio keep hunkered down and hopefully we will see you here at our home track of atlanta motor speedway and uh, hopefully we'll see you out there at some track hopefully sometime soon uh, keeping up with what's going on with uh, fox sports so thanks a
0: lot thank
1: you
2: this is Natalie Decker, driver for Nice Motorsports, and you're listening to Southern Race Week.
0: Well, as we're getting ready to wind down another edition of Southern Race Week, right here on your great racing station and your favorite podcasting network, I'm WB, a.k.a. William Barber. Alfie, uh, great show this week, man. Great show.
1: Yeah, thanks to all our great guests, Doug Rice of the Performance Racing Network, short track driver JoJo Wilkinson, and Alan Kavana of NASCAR on Fox. Appreciate them taking time to join us this week. And if you missed any of the program this week, well, the podcast will be available usually right around Monday afternoon on iTunes, Spotify, and on SoundCloud. We've got the links right there on our social media pages on Facebook and Twitter. But all you got to do is go to the search and type in Southern Race Week. And you'll find it all right there. Every episode from this present 2020 season is available for you. So you can go back and listen to some of the great interviews we've conducted so far this year. And sometimes, as William mentioned at the beginning of the show, we have to cut some of the stuff out, edit it out because of restriction time-wise. But everything that is left on the cutting room floor will be available on the full podcast version of the show, uninterrupted and commercial-free. So once again, you can find our uh, podcast on iTunes. Spotify, and on SoundCloud. And, William, we're also available on the social media world. So, our fans and listeners can go there and check out what's going on with us and the show and the latest NASCAR and Short Track news as well. Isn't that, the, isn't that correct, William?
0: That is. Go to Facebook.com. And also, don't forget, uh, now, Alfie, I know you don't do uh, the IG world. You're not in the Instagram world, are not, you? No, no, I'm No. Not. Okay. Well, uh, go to William, at William Barber, uh, and don't confuse me with the – at rev william barber because that's not me uh that is a reverend out of uh the carolinas uh but yeah at william barber and don't forget you can always find us anytime on your favorite racing station check out facebook.com slash southern race week and thanks to you for tuning in to turn it up till next week i'm william barber A.K.W.B. i'm alfie we'll see you